0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Friday, April 21st, 2023. Today will be our last day in the catechesis of the Easter accounts. We're going to return to John chapter 20, which was our gospel text for this past Sunday and bring it full circle. Next week we'll uh, we're actually going to dig into John 14 and following uh, up until Ascension, the week of Ascension, and we'll look at the Ascension readings as well. Um, so we're going to go, we're actually going to go back to Holy Week next week um, to the Upper Room discourse of Jesus. There, which you heard on I think a uh, Monday Thursday morning, we heard it in our Matin service. All right, we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, memory verse. Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 10, verses 32 through 33. Matthew 10, meaning Jesus spoke these words uh, long before his suffering, passion, and death. Uh, And I wonder, (laughs) that's a a rhetorical question, Uh, I don't wonder, I know that Peter, in particular, and the rest of the disciples are huddled for fear, uh, a terror of the Jews in the upper room, because of the word that Jesus had spoken. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven, and consequently, they're they're terrified of what they have done, um, expecting God's full um, judgment upon them for their sin, as I said in the sermon on Sunday. And so what they need is to be restored to faith, that is, to the confession of Jesus, um, so that they may confess him before men and thereby also be confessed by Jesus before their Father who is in heaven, right? This is outside um, their capacity, as it is outside of ours. Um, Without the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus breathing on them, they would be held captive to their denial. All right. Now we uh, confess our psalm for the week, Psalm 33. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses let all the earth fear the lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it came to be he commanded and it stood firm the lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing he frustrates the plans of the peoples the counsel of the lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations blessed is the nation whose god is the lord the people whom he has chosen as his heritage the lord looks down From heaven he sees the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our Catechism, Table of Duties of Citizens this week. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Matthew 22, verse 21. It is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Romans 13, verses 5 through 7. I urge, then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Titus 3, verse 1. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong, and to commend those who do right. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 14. First reading is from 1 John chapter 1-2. and 2. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And, all. and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from John chapter 20. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So, he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, uh, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you, or peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And Jesus, uh, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Okay. So much to talk about here. We hear this text every year, of course, uh, on the Sunday after Easter and also in catechesis yearly as well. Uh, and it makes sense because it is the foundational text for what uh, we call in our catechism the office of the keys. All right, so we'll get to that in a minute. All right, when did the, this first appearance to the disciples occur, according to John? We have it here at the uh, evening of the day of Jesus' resurrection, right? The first day of the week. And what was the mood of the disciples that night? Fear, right? Shut up in the room, afraid of the Jews, and I would suggest of their sin as well, of Jesus. And so Jesus does not abandon them or forsaken them, but instead he came and stood among them. And what's the greeting he gives to them? Peace be with you, right? Peace be with you. This word is, as we learn in the office of the keys, this is the greeting of absolution, right? Holy absolution. I forgive you. Uh, Why did they need absolution? Yeah, they were troubled and fearful, not just of the Jews, but because of their sin, of course. Of course, uh, you'll note here that they're in the upper room. That's not a coincidence. What else occurred in the upper room? The institution of the Lord's Supper, right? On the night he was betrayed. So here we have a connection between both forgiveness of sins and the Lord's Supper then, too. Forgiveness of sins teaches us to hunger for the Lord's body and blood in the sacrament where he promises to give us true peace, right? Right. Coming in that supper as our Lord feeds us on his risen body that our body, that our bodies might have life and salvation. Um, how does Jesus here stress, yesterday it was fish and honeycomb, here how does he stress his resurrection? Oh, actually like yesterday with his hands and feet, today with his hands and side. So what's he saying when he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. As Jesus had been apostelloed, sent by the Father into the world, so then he is apostelling them, apostling them to uh, sending them out into the world. Uh, by the way, with the same things that he brought them. And so there's a tradition here. Jesus hands over forgiveness through his shed blood, they hand over forgiveness to one another in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, why does Jesus breathe on his disciples? That seems strange, a strange note, unless you remember Genesis 2 or Ezekiel 37. Right? This is the breath that gives life, the breath that breathed upon the slain in, in Ezekiel, the breath that breathed upon the man whom he had formed out of the dust at creation. And now he's going to breathe new life into these um, dead men, effectively dead in sin and trespasses, with the breath of life that gives forgiveness, that is forgiveness. All right? So that then begs the question, I suppose, how does God breathe his spirit and life into us, if not by the same means, right? Through the gifts of baptism, where the Spirit comes upon us, through the breath, um, the the breath of of God is the is His ruach, His His word that comes forth. And what important promise then is made in verse twenty three about the pastoral office? This is meant to comfort you. If you hear from the pastor that your sins are forgiven, then they are truly forgiven for God in heaven. Right? Um, but when He retains sins, they are retained. So. Um, uh, pastors do this quite cautiously, uh, not wanting to retain sins. But sometimes it's necessary to hold uh, people to their sins for the sake of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Right? So that sin that you that you refuse to forfeit is bound to you. Mm. Um, of course, this is like I said, what we teach in the Catechism under uh, the the last chief part, right? Which is the office of the keys. All right, binding and loosing of sins. Given to the church, exercised through her pastors. All right, but someone's missing, and that is Mr. Thomas, right? Did he believe the word of the disciples? No, he did not, right? Even though Jesus had breathed on them and sent them, and they speak that same word to Thomas, he does not believe. He wants to see um, the nail prints, put his finger into them, thrust his hand into Jesus' side, all right? And so then we skip forward eight days, so the following Sunday, uh, right, which is when we hear this text, right on Quasimodo at like newborn babes, the eighth, eighth day after Easter. All right, and um, Jesus appears to them again. Again, how did he get into the room? He came and stood in their midst. <laughs> right, uh, no need to speculate. Um, Jesus, having two natures, both God and man, those natures uh, attributes can be communicated between the two. So now his uh, resurrected flesh behaves in the way that only God could, appearing to more than one person at the same time, uh, behind locked doors, appearing, disappearing, that sort of thing. All right. Um, Question, though, about Thomas. Do we still struggle with doubt like Thomas does? This is not to make light of it or to excuse it, but yes. What does Jesus do for us when we are in doubt? He comes to us and he shows himself to us, as he did to Thomas. Even though Thomas doubted his resurrection, right? He's going to make Thomas, as he has made us, eyewitnesses of his resurrection from the dead, right? So that they could testify to him. So, of course, we don't see with our eyes. We see with our ears. That's right, by hearing. So how does uh, Thomas's, or excuse me, Jesus' appearance to Thomas comfort us in our doubts? Does Jesus leave, leave us in doubt or in denial of him? Whoever, um, what, what do we say? Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Does he leave us there? Is that the end of the story? No, 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 he keeps coming to us um, because he is faithful to his word in spite of our own sin and our doubt. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us, right? right. Um, and so then he encourages Thomas, Thomas to touch his wounds, and he encourages you to touch his wounds too. Really? Yeah. Um, ran out of time on Sunday, but it would have been, you know, Thomas wants to feel his sin on Jesus, so then um, how does Jesus have us touch his wounds? Well, the blood and the water, these testify, right? So baptism, Lord's Supper, is where we come into contact with Jesus physically, right? Um, Giving us absolution as he feeds us on his body and blood there in the supper. All right. And now Thomas confesses. This is the whole goal of of Jesus' um, discipline here. He's disciplining those whom he loves for the sake of faith, right? And that faith confesses, my Lord and my God, all right? Now, um, he talks to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, good. How about this, though? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Who is he talking about there? Yeah, he's speaking to us, right? No, we have not seen with our eyes, but we have yet believed because we have heard, unlike Thomas, right? right. And then we have a, uh, a sidebar here from John the um, evangelist who says, uh, what? Does the gospel tell everything about Jesus? No, of course not. But why does then he write what he writes and in the way that he writes it? I would suggest, too. It's all for the sake of faith, right? Even the story of Thomas is for the sake of our faith that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we would have life in his name. So the whole purpose of Jesus preaching and catechesis and even the evangelist recording of Jesus preaching and catechesis is for the sake of faith, to bring us to faith in Christ, that we would trust in him for everything needed for body and life as, and trust in his word as the sole rule and norm for faith and life, as we say in our confession. Hmm? Right. Um, of course, people look all over the place for comfort and hope and uh, encouragement and wisdom and knowledge, uh, which uh, it isn't to say there isn't some, something like hope or comfort in this world. Um, comfort foods, we even call them that, right? right? And we have hope for the future um, based off of promises made by uh, our leaders. Mm. I think those of you who are older probably understand, right? Uh, but how about a guide for rule, and, rule of faith and life? moral philosophy from uh, Aristotle or Plato. Mm. How about we just read the wisdom that God has handed down from, say, Solomon, right, in the Proverbs, okay, or from Moses, for that matter, from, from Sinai. Good. So let's summarize this with a meditation. Once more, the resurrection appearance stressed the very real physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. The Word made f- was made flesh and lived among us. Now the Word sets apart men of flesh, to proclaim the forgiveness of sins in the world in holy absolution. Jesus ordained or set apart the disciples to be his apostles by speaking his word to them. As the Father has sent me, so I also send you. It is through these men of flesh that the Holy Spirit calls men of faith through the preaching of the gospel. Holy absolution is the heart of all true preaching and catechesis. Say that again. Holy absolution of forgiveness of sins is the heart of all true preaching and catechesis. Through the word That same Holy Spirit is joined to the physical element of water, that we may be born again of water and the Spirit in holy baptism. Again, the Holy Spirit strengthens us in the faith against the doubts and unbelief of our hearts by having us touch our Lord's own body and blood in the Holy Supper. We gather in the church each week to have that unbelief driven out of us through the Holy Spirit's preaching of the Holy Gospel, that our Lord Christ has come in the flesh, died in the flesh, and now risen again in the flesh to give life to our decaying flesh. As God breathed life into Adam, so he now breathes life into our mortal bodies through the blessed word of the forgiveness of sins for the sake of Christ who was wounded in the flesh for our transgressions. Now he has marked our flesh with his name in baptism that we may not we might not ever die. We might never die. Lovely, right? All that wrapped up in this just a few short verses. Okay. Um, let's sing the last few stanzas of the hymn here because they of course tie us into uh, our text for today. So we'll start with stanza four. That right, and do we have, oh, I might have a commemoration today, let me check. Oh, we do, I forgot about. Mr. Anselm of Canterbury, do a little longer meditation for you, we've got some time. March 20, no, we're not in March, we're in April, April 21st. Today, the church delights to remember the life and witness of Anselm of Canterbury, theologian. Anselm was born in Italy around the year 1033. Although he desired at age 15 to enter a monastery, he was refused because he lacked his father's permission. Some years after his father's death, at age 27, he was finally accepted as a novice and began living under the rule of St. Benedict. In 1078, he was elected abbot of um, Beck. Under his capable leadership, the abbey became famous for its scholarship. Uh, welded to a solid piety of humility and charity. In 1093, he was forcibly made the Bishop of Canterbury and thus primate of the Church of England. There he fought to maintain the Church's own uh, internal authority against the intrigues and plans of the Norman king. Among his greatest works were Cur Deus Homo, or Why Did God Become Man? In this writing, Anselm lays out with remarkable clarity the teaching of the uh, vicarious satisfaction, this doctrine that Church or excuse me, that Christ rendered satisfaction to the Father who was offered, offended by our sins through his life and sufferings and was then vindicated by his resurrection was not original to Anselm. Earlier church fathers had grasped and taught this scriptural doctrine as well, but Anselm expressed it with such clarity and force that his explication of it became a universal heritage throughout the Western Church. And That's right there, Anselm of Canterbury, right above me. Um, in philosophy, Anselm is remembered as the man who invented the so-called ontological proof for the existence of God. If God is that than which none greater can be conceived, such a God truly exists would be greater than a God only so imagined. All right, so if, if God is that than which none greater can be conceived, such a God truly existing would be greater than a God only so imagined. Thus, by very definition of being, God is. It's called the ontological proof. Anselm's many prayers and meditations continue to be the source of blessing and encouragement for Christians. Even on his deathbed, his fertile mind was at work. He was contemplating writing a treatise on the origin of the soul. He died on this day in 1109, and that year it happened to fall on Holy Wednesday. We pray. Holy Father, the depths of your word are unsearchable. We give thanks to you this day for your servant Anselm of Canterbury. Continue to raise up theologians in your church who will invite your people to ponder ever more deeply the mystery of your, of our redemption in the bright light of the Scriptures, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, Amen. All right, hold on. All right, our collect for the day. Uh, we pray, Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may, by your grace, cons- confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, grant us faith to pray for the civil authorities and to trust that you will accomplish your good and gracious will through them. Teach us to live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness and to be ready to do whatever is good and service to others in our community and nation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, for the sick and dying. We pray this day in Thanksgiving with Jessica, celebrating her birthday. We pray for Renata, Katrina, Garrett, Brandon, and Doug. We pray um, in Thanksgiving for life and birth and for the holy matrimony granted unto Aaron and Virginia. We pray for all our catechumens, including our adult catechumens, Allie, Dasha, and Teresa. We pray for um, those who are ill-receiving treatment or recovering, especially Dale and Pam. Joe, Kelsey, Marion, Walt, Christopher, Brad, the Slingers, Gus and Eileen, Doug, Sandy, Hoshea, Emily, my niece, Pat, Wade, my nephew, and Darlene. We pray for our homebound, Marcella, Dan, Paul, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially uh, alert disaster relief teams. Pray for the mortification of the old man and for the preservation of the word and the increase of the church. And finally, we pray for the family and friends of Dan who grieve his death. that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, it's been a joy to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is, again, Friday, April 21st, 2023. Tomorrow, Saturday, um, uh, we'll gather again about 9 o'clock, and we'll look at Sunday, some of the Sunday texts and then also do a little review of the ones we've been confessing all week uh, for our benefit. All right, so I hope you can uh, join us in the morning and then uh, gather again on Sunday. Adult Catechesis is at 815 Um so you can join our catechumens uh, to get a refresher. Sunday we're going to be talking about um, the form of the service, so the service of the word, service of sacrament um, for divine service. And then um, afterwards, of course, divine service at 930, uh, and then make plans to stay for voters' assembly. After that, it's a quarterly meeting. as expectation of, uh, well, all the mature adult members of the congregation that they would, uh, uh, who are communicant. That they would join us for that and be a part of our decision-making process as a congregation. All right, so God be with you all. Keep you safe. I hope to see you uh, Sunday, or actually in the morning, and then again on Sunday. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center, in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org that's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today